Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, this is Rich Ward, the Duke of Metal from Fozzie and Stuck Mojo. And you're listening to Talking Metal because you have good taste and you know how to spend your spare time. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. It is 9.30 a.m. Tuesday, March 29th. I am sitting here in my basement with my dog, Ozzy, right by my my feet, sipping a Starbucks coffee, ready to talk some metal with you and also with Rich Ward. Rich is my special guest today, and he is... Just a great guy, number one. Uh, amazing musician, and he's got some just great bands that I've really just come to love over the years. Uh, Fozzy is the band he has with Chris Jericho, and man, they put out a great record uh, about a year and a half ago, back in late 2014, which we're going to listen to a little music off of that record uh, on today's show. But more importantly, uh, at this moment, we're going to be talking to him about Stuck Mojo, which is rebooted with two new members. They got a pledge music campaign fund thing going on, which I was just poking around on that. Actually, purchased the uh, the vinyl on that, and there's some great packages and really affordable stuff. A great way to show your support to. Rich Ward and Stuck Mojo, one of the bands, according to Sam Dunn, you know, the 
metal expert, if you will, out of out of Canada who's done a lot of documentaries and TV shows on on heavy metal. According to Sam Dunn, Stuck Mojo is one of the you know founders of the new metal movement, which you know the word new metal. Uh, I'm so so on that, but a lot of a lot of great bands, according to Sam Dunn, fall under that. What do you call it? Genre. Corn, band I freaking love and have loved for years and years since I first saw them with Ozzy back in like the mid 90s. They opened for Ozzy. Uh, one of those tours where like Joe Holmes was playing guitar and Deftones, another great band. My friend John Simpson was just asking me if I could go see the Deftones with him. But the two shows locally here, I'm in Indiana that week in the summer, and then the other, well, there's actually three shows locally uh, in the New Jersey, New York area. And the third one is the same, which is at the Stone Pony, is the same night I'm going to see Glenn Hughes in the city. So unfortunately, I'm going to miss the Deftones this year. Um, You know, Cold Chamber, System of a Down, Kitty, Lincoln Park, Disturbed, and Stuck Mojo. Stuck Mojo, one of the founders of, of that whole genre. And in a lot of ways, predates uh, what the bands I just mentioned. You know, they they were doing it before a lot a lot of these other bands were going way back to the late '80s, mixing hip hop and rap with heavy metal, hard rock. And Rich was was one of these guys who really laid the groundwork for this whole genre to uh, to happen with his band Stuck Mojo. And um, yeah, man. You know, you could kind of put them also in that like hard alternative category. Um, Sam Dunn on, on on when he breaks all the bands down, he has Stuck Mojo under the new metal category. But I would also put them maybe under the hard alternative category, which included bands like, according to Sam Dunn, like Faith No More, Chili Peppers, Jane's Addiction, Living Color. You know. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, a lot of people point to Rage Against the Machine and Stuck Mojo as you know two of the first bands to kind of start mixing hip hop and rap. Yeah, sure, there was you know Run DMC and Aerosmith and Public Enemy and Anthrax, but those were kind of like mm, I don't want to call them novelty songs, but those th- that wasn't what those those bands were about. You know, they they did mix it up. Anthrax and Public Enemy and Run DMC and Aerosmith, but they weren't they weren't rock. I mean, Run DMC was a rap band. Aerosmith was a rock band. Anthrax was a metal band. Public Enemy was a, was a hip hop band. You know, they 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 came together, but they they didn't. That wasn't what they were solely about. Whereas with Stuck Mojo, they 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 were. And uh, if you don't know Stuck Mojo, it's worth going back and and discovering their their catalog. And Let's also plan to listen to some brand new Stuck Mojo. You can, if you go to the Pledge Music page, you can get a download um, when you buy one of the the packages on the Pledge Music page. So I'll tell you what, go support Rich Ward and Stuck Mojo. Make a pledge on the the Pledge Music page. It's linked through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. Go over there, make your your purchase, pre-order the record or whatever, and uh, the vinyl, whatever you want to do. There's all sorts of cool packages up there, and you will immediately get this song as a download. It's called Verbal Combat, and it's brand new, Stuck Mojo, off the Here Comes the Infidels record. Let's check it out right now. I'm not a rapper, I'm a lyrical machine. 
new stuck mojo a little sound sample there if you want the whole thing go on over to pledge music use those links on talkingmetal.com to get over there and get the whole record um you know the whole i'm sorry the whole song and also the whole record you can get the cd the vinyl the digital downloads whatever you need you can pre-order the the whole record and you'll immediately get that song show support for the independent music scene by going to Pledge Music and uh, supporting your favorite bands, such as Stuck Mojo. A lot of news going on with with Guns N' Roses uh, down in Atlanta, at least, with Axel. That is, uh, pictures of Axel coming out of the studio, rehearsal studio, and then a few minutes later, ACDC, what is ACDC, Angus, uh, Cliff, and, you know, the, the other guys coming out of the studio. Um, so a lot of a lot of speculation about is Axel gonna do these ten makeup shows with uh, ACDC, and you know wow for a guy who you don't hear from 
quite often. You know, he'll, he'll go out and do his little tours here and there, not even little big tours with with what you know, Guns and Roses or the New Guns, you know, Bumblefoot and or Buckethead or whoever. But for a long time, you know, he would kind of just do those. There never hardly any interviews, and we didn't hear much about him uh, in the press. But now. A flurry of activity. He's back with Slash and Duff. Six shows booked coming up. I'm going to what I hope is the first one, August 8th in Las Vegas. My wife and I are flying out there. I'll be tweeting from the show, so uh, watch watch talking the Talking Metal Twitter account. And um, yeah, man. And then uh, you know now this news that it, he's going to be doing the makeup shows for ACDC. Uh, Brian. Johnson is out. We've spoken about that in previous podcasts. Strange circumstances, if you ask me. But, anyways, uh, I, I, you know, I think it's risky because you know he, he. I think it it could get him some great press, uh, put his name out there. But there's oh, you know, there's so many haters on the internet now, and and you hit one wrong note, and it's up there on on YouTube, and every for everyone to criticize. Um, you can't control things like you used to back in the day. And I, I do think Axel's a guy who kind of likes to control things. Um, so this should be interesting, to say the least. I, I think it also is interesting because it is putting his name out there even more, you know, right before a summer Guns N' Roses tour, which has been confirmed. A summer tour is happening. The dates haven't been confirmed. I've been told uh, by an inside source late July for Giants Stadium in the New York area. We'll see if that happens, possibly July 25th. Yeah, so let's uh, let's stay tuned. And in the meantime, we have these six shows, four shows in the States, um, two in Mexico coming up. And then I'm guessing they're probably, he's probably, and no confirmation on this, but he's probably going to do these 10 gigs with ACDC. Will it just be him or will it be like an all-star cast where numerous singing singers are coming up to to do to do the set? I don't know. I think it would be. I, I would be shocked if it was just him. Uh, you know, I'm not shocked. Uh, if, two weeks ago, I would be been shocked if it was just him. Now I'm thinking it will be just him. I, I don't know because I haven't heard any names thrown other names thrown in the mix with this ACDC thing. So we we will see. Exciting news for fans of Axel. Exciting news for. Guns and Roses fans, and you, man, I will just say this: you know, I went when Chinese Democracy came out back in two thousand eight. It was such a big thing. It was like the first time I went and I saw Force Awakens. It was such an emotional thing for me, and and the anticipation was so high, and that I almost I enjoyed it the first time I saw Force Awakens, and the for, first few times I listened to Chinese Democracy. But after some time got between the initial release of this, you know, big emotional moment for me uh, on both fronts, you know, Star Wars and, and guns, Chinese democracy. Uh, it wasn't until later that I went back and we'll just focus on guns for now. Listen to that record, you know, over and over again. And, and I like it more today, Chinese democracy, the album without slash, without Duff, without the original guns guys, just uh, Axel and, Buckethead, Bumblefoot, Fortis, Fink is on there. Josh Freeze does some writing on there. Pittman, of course, does a lot of writing. One of the only guys to be on every track. Chris Pittman, Axel, and, Bum- and Bumblefoot, the only three guys that are on every track on Chinese Democracy. 
anyways uh, tommy stinson of course in the mix there too i i, I think it is i enjoy it more now than i did when it first came out i think it is a phenomenal record overlooked you know it got it got decent reviews for the most part but the ballads the 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 rockers everything on there is just great um i've just been listening over and over again to a song called sorry off the record there's so much great stuff and it's you know, with everything that's going on right now and, and everyone excited for the classic kind of part of the classic Guns N' Roses lineup to get back together, I go do yourself a favor. Go back and rediscover Chinese Democracy. Great, great record. Yeah, and um, on that note, let's get into some music right now. More music. This is A Little High Spirits with I Need Your Love.
What you just heard was High Spirits with I Need Your Love. And without further ado, let's get into my interview with Rich Ward. There was, this is a long interview. It's a great, great interview. I love talking with this guy. And there is a dropout in the middle. For I was, uh, I was using Skype, and I called uh, Rich's cell phone using Skype. And for some reason, it, it dropped out in the middle. So you might hear a little weird thing happen in the middle where it cuts out and comes back and, you know. He picks it right back up, where so it shouldn't be too big of a deal. But just wanted to throw that out there. And here we go, little Rich Ward on Talking Metal. Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and it's time for another Talking Metal interview. Calling in on the line, we have from Stuck Mojo and from Fozzie, Rich Ward. How are you, Rich? I'm doing fantastic, Mark. Thank you for taking your time with me today. It's good to... Uh see you uh on the clock we've hung off the clock a few times so yeah it's cool to uh do some business it's awesome yeah absolutely and you know before before i start asking you questions i gotta tell you i i heard verbal combat the the new lyric video is up on youtube this is a, the new stuck mojo song and it's just great and i immediately forwarded it over to uh, a friend of mine daryl mcdaniels dmc of run dmc and i said dude you got to check this out you get a shout out in the song and and just now minutes before uh, i called you he responded and said this is so cool these guys rock wow i'm really in good company with all these guys they give props to amazing stuff that's a that's the email he sent me back so he oh, is so digging cool, it too man that's awesome i actually in a, in a related bit um his manager contacted me a few months ago about uh trying to get uh or wanted to know if i'd be interested in contributing some material to his i guess now completed solo record right and at the time i was writing the stuck mojo record and i was working with another band doing some songwriting at the same time and i was just having a hard time coming up with some new material at that point because i had already you know how once you start imposing deadlines i just couldn't take the time off so i submitted some older tracks and they didn't make uh, the grade, but man, I right. would have, uh, going back to it, I, I should have just stayed up for four days in a row and just written some tracks for him because I'm, I'm a big fan. I mean, that was a big turning point for Stuck Mojo, um, you know, because when we first started the band, we were really into the Chili Peppers and Faith No More and, yeah, of you course. know, that, that style of like, what is, what is the average suburban white kid's interpretation of funk and you know, interpretation of, you know, music that, you know, culturally was different from us because most of us white rock guitar players came up with Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes and and then later discovering Dimebag and Sepultura and, you know, so so my evolution was from that, from the, the white suburban or white urban, you know, uh, rock and metal perspective. And then once you start seeing these really interesting coming together of cultures um, and obviously run DMC and anthrax being at the forefront of that uh, was a real, it was almost like it, they were saying it's okay that there aren't rules anymore and that you yeah. can do whatever you want. And anthrax is putting out, I am the man and wearing board shorts. And I just remember thinking, thank Jesus, like it's on because even bands that, a year and a half, two years earlier, were wearing black stretch jeans and white, you know, high tops and anthrax were now deciding that they could just do whatever they wanted to do. And, 
and to me that was the birth of you know kind of musical freedom for me and that it didn't have to be fitting neatly into this category didn't have to neatly fit into this category the, the, the you know the blackboard had then just been erased and you just do what feels good to you what is the what does rich ward you know what is his voice musically don't worry about what everybody else says just do your thing and that was that was a, a good moment for me so hearing daryl saying something nice is really cool yeah, yeah. Well, he's right. I think that the track is great, and I'm really psyched to hear the the full record, which is called "Here Comes the Infidels." When can we expect to hear the the whole album? Well, we we have seven videos in the works, which will be a kind of a combination of of uh, proper, you know, kind of what we consider music videos, which will be performance based, mixed with uh, lyric videos. And so, the album comes out on June 24th. Uh, but we will pretty much have most of the album revealed by that time. Okay. Things have just changed, obviously, so much in the music industry that um, it's not so much about trying to tease your album ahead of time, you know, so in hopes that on street date everyone buys it. Now it just becomes an issue of trying to convey um, who you are as an artist to your potential supporters and, and finding, you know, th- those pieces of glue that, bind us together and hopefully you build relationships with a fan base right. and you're going to sell less records because that's just the way the industry is but there are so many different ways for fans to support bands now and so many different ways for us to to generate income other than feeling like the only way is to sell a t-shirt at the show and you know sell a bunch of albums so we're releasing this uh, through Pledge Music as a pre-order and basically for three months building up to the album we're offering all kinds of cool stuff, alternate mixes. And we also did a, um, we, when we did our reunion show with the, the original kind of, uh, mid nineties era stuck mojo band, we, we did, uh, three shows and one of them, we filmed a seven camera shoot and, and I mixed the, uh, the audio. It's, it's a crushing sounding show. And it's, cool. It was really captured well on video. And if you buy the $10 download, you get a, you get the uh, streaming link for free and you get to watch it. We just figured, why don't we just figure out a way to say thanks to anyone who wants to support us outside of the, the general transaction of you give us green rectangles in exchange for your album. We right. just say, let's sweeten the pot and figure out how we can make this a win for everybody. Because when it comes down to it, I think uh, the reason why there's such a proliferation of folks who are downloading albums for free, I think it comes down to at least in in... in uh, in some cases that people who are fans of bands don't even feel like that money ever even gets to the band. They, they read so many stories about how, you know, bands like Van Halen have sold millions of copies and never saw any royalties from those albums. So there's kind of a sense, I think within some music fans that if they buy an album, it's not really supporting the band anymore because the band doesn't see the, the the revenue from that. So people just feel okay. I'll just download the album for free anyway because my support's not actually you know helping the band. But with things like Pledge Music, you know it, it, we've used Pledge Music differently than some bands do. Some bands are saying, "Hey, help us pay for our album." We paid for our own album. This is all self financed. We're self financing all the videos. You know, we we used Andy Sneap to produce the album, so we didn't right, cut yeah. corners on the on the on the production of the record. And we're just saying, if if you feel like this album has value, there's some 
sound clips on Pledge Music for you to check out. If you feel like you're liking what you hear, then then the exchange is you spend ten bucks. Uh, Pledge Music keeps a buck fifty for hosting it, and we get to use the eight fifty to pay back the money that we spent making the album. It it's a win for the fans who want to support us, and it's a win for us because there are less you know sieves and filters straining off the the direct kind of support between the fan and its uh, and the band, which is cool. Cool, and we will have links up in today's show notes on talkingmetal.com to the Pledge Music uh, page where you can support Stuck Mojo and the new record, which is on the way. Again, it's called Here Comes the the Infidels. And, and Rich, the Pledge Music stuff, so how does it generally work? Like, you, you can pledge different amounts, a real small amount or a real big amount, right? And you get different things back for that amount. Is that correct? Yeah, we decided that how Pledge Music can work for us is it just becomes kind of like an online merch store. Like if you came to see Stuck Mojo at a gig, you'd go to the merch stand and you'd say, oh, I want to get a CD or I want to get a T-shirt or I want to get a piece of signed vinyl. And that's all we're doing. We're not asking people to donate money. We're not asking people to help us you know, finance a video or buy new tires for our band. We're just saying, hey, if you'd like to buy our album, here it is. If you want to buy a copy of the vinyl, here it is. If you want to buy a T-shirt, here it is. And I've even put some kind of specialty stuff on there. Like um, I had this crazy idea about uh, sometimes you see bands like selling a shirt that they wore, you know, in a video or something. And I, so yeah. I came up with this idea of Raid Rich's Wardrobe. So basically <laughs> okay. I just take like there's like five bundles of different shirts of mine, like my 1999 WrestleMania t-shirt that I, nice. I wear all the time mixed with like different shirts and, and stuff and hats and stuff that I've worn in music videos. And it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, it, some people may want to have these, you know, like I have my original ECW t-shirt from 1998 that I've wore on the back cover of one of our albums. And, uh, so there may be a fan who wants that. And instead of me taking it and taking my wife out to dinner, I use that money to pay for the album. So it's, it's cool. Right on, right on. And some exciting news with, with the band. You have uh, two new members joining the ranks along with you and Frank. Can you tell us a little bit about these uh, these new guys? Yeah, uh, Robbie Jay is the uh, new vocalist, and he is from Montreal, Canada. I, I, I met him like all legacy bands meet uh, new members, and that's through YouTube. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, uh, Robbie was in a band in Montreal, and his guitar player sent me a link to their video. I clicked on it, and I freaked out. I thought they were a really good band. These guitar players, the drummer was amazing, but I really was captivated by the vocalist because, you know, he what he represented was something that I couldn't describe. Like I couldn't decide if he was a metal kid or if he was a kind of a skater culture kid, or if he was a, um, a rapper, like he just felt like he had his own thing, which is what I really liked about stuff. Mojo in the early days, bones, our original vocalist, you couldn't say that he was like a rapper or you couldn't say yeah. that he was, he just was bones. He had his own style and it didn't quite conform to any, you know, uh, one word or label. And I thought Robbie was the same kind of guy. And he has a little bit of Andrew WK in him and he doesn't even know that. It's just like, yeah. you know how like people who come see me will say, Oh, Rich reminds me of a little bit of this guy, a little bit of that guy. And, and, and we all kind of make our uh, determinations of, 
who that guy's influences are based on, you know, our, our, uh, our own, uh, perceptions of what music is. Absolutely. But I love this guy. I reached out to him through, uh, Twitter and just said, Hey, um, I didn't want to, you know, we had just parted ways with, uh, with bones after we, we tried to do this reunion run and it just didn't work. I wanted to, wanted it to so bad. I mean, I was the guy who called all the troops together and said, Hey, it's our 20th anniversary of our first album. We should do some shows. And secretly I was just so really wanting this thing to work just like you always yeah. do with the first girl you ever were in love with. And, you know, and when you're single again, you, you call her up and you say, you know, God, remember the good times. It was so good. And, you know, let's try to forget what caused us to break up in the first place. And let's just, let's go out. And the first date was awesome. And then the second date, it's like, Oh, okay. And right. the third date, you're like, Oh man, this <laughs> is a bummer because, you know, all of that, kind of positive thinking and trying to, you know, rewrite history of there were no problems. It, they just always, it just, life is complex. And, and so it just didn't work out. And, and as soon as we determined that that relationship was not going to be one that we were going to move forward with, I, I saw Robbie that next day. I mean, it was preordained. It was Moses with tablets and right. staff and lightning, and it was great. And I, I really felt great about it. So um, I had Robbie come down under the pretense, uh, come down to Atlanta under the pretense of, hey, would you like to do a guest vocal slot on the new Stuff Mojo record? He had no idea that Bones was not going to continue in the band. And I, I didn't want to put that out there to him. I just wanted to see what he would be like to work with without him having the pressure of feeling like this was some kind of audition or something. I just cool. wanted to say, hey, man, I'm a big fan. I like what you do. Let's just, you know, I'd love to have your voice on the new Stuck Mojo record as a guest vocalist. And after working with him, you know, for a few days, I mean, he had to know something was up because I, I said, I sent him a plane ticket for four days in Atlanta. Who who does four days doing yeah. guest vocal? Right. But, you, you know, but in any case, he's he's a great guy. And on, on bass um, is a guy named Len Saunier, who uh, he's from kind of a, a, a Texas, Louisiana border town. And I met him, his band, Peace in the Chaos, opened for Fozzie uh, last summer. And his band's a three-piece, very much in the realm of uh, King's X and Galactic Cowboys that okay. every guy in the band is singing super musicians amazing riffing and his tone was killer and after the show I remember asking him you know dude where, where have you been and he's like well I played in Doug Pinnock's band Hound Hound and my my brother was in uh, Galactic Cowboys and we, oh, well. we had a band together so it was like oh this is amazing uh, just you know at that time I had I wasn't looking for a bass player. So to me, it was nothing beyond just that acknowledgement of he was a great player. And then once I knew that, uh, that, uh, Corey, who was the other fourth member of the, of the pig walk rising stuff, Mojo reunion, he got an offer to uh, go play in this band, St. Asonia, which is an amazing, uh, lineup of just superstar musicians and singers and I remember when he approached me just saying, dude, I got this offer to go play with this band. I don't really know what's going to happen, but it looks like this is going to be a full-time gig. And and I was like, dude, you have to do it. Suck Mojo. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know if this is going to work with Bones. And it was just, 
you know, again, as quickly as that band put together this reunion lineup three months later, it was done. Yeah. Um, and we probably could have worked around Corey working around our schedule and us wearing it, working around Corey's schedule. But honestly, his band just came out of the gate so strong with the radio single. It just made more sense for us to not sit on the sidelines and try to work around that and just try to find the fourth guy who fit our band and could be uh, a part of something that, um, you know, because again, Frank and I have Fozzie as well. And it just makes it so complex when everybody in the band has two and three projects and sure. trying to work around uh, Stuck Mojo's schedule and Chris's wrestling. You know, just everything just gets crazy. So we just felt like um, finding a, a fourth guy was the right right way to go about it. And, and Steve Joe, who um, worked for Century Media for a number of years, um, when Stuck Mojo was there and also was the A&R uh, guy for, for Fozzie, he reminded me when we were on the lookout for a bass player, he said, you need to call that guy Lynn from that band Peace and the Chaos down in Louisiana. That guy's a monster. He'd be perfect for the band. And one phone call later, we had a bass player. And yes, no no auditions. Wow, like I didn't, cool. There was no bass auditions, no vocal auditions. And it was just... You know, I, I went gut instinct on these things, and sometimes gut instincts are not the best way to to base a career. But I'm a 47-year-old guy who's been do, doing this his whole life, and my gut instinct is also married to um, a lot of, I've been there and done that, let's process this properly, let's, let's profile. And profiling, as we know, is a very effective way to keep you from making mistakes uh, that you've done in the past and also, you know, a recognized danger. And, uh, you know, it, it just worked out great. So we're super cool. happy. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. And Andy, you mentioned Andy Sneap is on board and, you know, he's done work with Megadeth, Exodus, Testament. I mean, the list just goes on and on, except Kill Switch Engage. What... What what is his take? I mean, obviously, Stuck Mojo has you know a hard rock, a metal influence, a funk influence, but also a, a hip hop influence. Is 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 Andy a a fan of rap music and and hip hop? No, he absolutely hates it. <laughs> Andy is the perfect producer for me because he keeps me focused. I, I like so many genres, and I'm very susceptible to try to introduce music and stylistically things that like I really enjoy. Um, one of the things that I was, I was privy to do is early on in the um, accept writing and production process for blood of the nations, their first reunion, or I shouldn't say yeah. reunion, but their first record with, with Mark. Right. Sure. Um, I went up to Wolf's house with uh, our friend, uh, Ed Aborn, who actually introduced Wolf, to Andy. So we were all up there and I was watching Andy just, you know, really doing a great job of guiding except into staying except. And because Wolf is just like every other amazing guitar player in that he likes lots of stuff. You know, he loves his classical music and he likes his blues rock and he, you know, he just, there's, there's all of these things that, that have shaped uh, us, us musicians into the, the people who we are, but it's important to have a producer like Andy who will say, I get it that you like Al Di Miola, that should yeah. have no place 
on an Accept or a Stuck Mojo record. And for me, like trying to introduce too many kind of hip hop or um, blues rock or classic uh, AOR style rock influences on this new Stuck Mojo record, Sneep was very quick to say, bro, that's a mistake. You need to stay on target. This album has a sound. It has a direction. Let's stay focused on that. And like a good producer, Andy was that, that, that you know, angel on my shoulder or devil, you make the determination, yeah. that kept me over the target of what this record needed to do. And there's plenty of dynamics on the album, which Andy loved, but he wasn't. He wasn't interested in making a rap rock record. He was interested in making a balls out aggressive rock metal album. And what made it great for Andy is he he spent he you know most of his career he has spent doing um, you know thrash style music. A few kind of you know Killswitch obviously is more of a you know kind of a new school band, and there are a few of those styles of bands. But where Andy has really had success is with Except uh, and Testament and Megadeth and those styles of bands who and, and Exodus who are much more rooted in what Andy is great at, which is thrash right. metal. Which is Andy is a freaking unbelievable. Yeah, that was uh, that was strange. You were you were so saying? I'll, I'll pick it up. Yeah, I was basically saying that Andy is a he's a thrash metal guitar player himself, coming from his background uh, with Sabbath and now with Hell. So his style. Is is rooted in in thrash guitar playing, so for him this was a nice opportunity for him to make more of an old school rock record because the production wise when you listen to this album it doesn't sound like a testament record. We were going with some for something that was a little more open and something that had a little more in in common with with Sabbath and with Deep Purple. Uh, as far as our production approach, um, a little less kick, uh, click on the kick drum, a little less uh, top end and distortion on the guitars. We were going for something that was the key to Stuck Mojo's success in the mid 90s on the records he did, which is plug guitar into Marshall amplifier and play loudly. And yeah. let's not let's not make this too perfect. Let's not do too many editing, let's not too many overdubs. Let's make this a, a rock record that feels like you're in a room with a four-piece rock band that's bludgeoning you with some volume and riffs. And so for Andy was also, uh, you know, he brought all of that experience that he has from making aggressive records, but also, you know, his passion and love for those classic bands that all of us grew up on. Now, did Andy come down to Atlanta or come over, I should say, to Atlanta to work with you guys? Or were you guys over in the... He's in the UK, right? Is that where he's based? He is. Yeah, yeah we, we worked in Atlanta. So we tracked drums here and we tracked uh, bass and guitar. And uh, and then we flew down Robbie from Montreal and tracked vocals here. And then we did some overdubs, um, meaning guitar solos and backing vocals at Andy's place in England. But almost all of the record was done in America. And part of it was that you know, uh, Andy just said, hey, I'd love to do this record uh, as long as it's a stuck mojo record and you stay true to form and we don't go crazy uh, left field and start making experimental records. As long as you're interested in making a real old school stuck mojo heavy record, I'm in. Plus, I'd love to come to America for a month and experience sunshine and hot weather 
Right. And so he came over in the, you know, the heat of uh, August and September when we just have Greg go to the park and, and uh, you know, I mean, England has beautiful weather, but notoriously it rains a lot and it's yeah. overcast. And for a guy like Andy who spends most of his time there, it was a, it was a good opportunity for him to uh, pal around with his buddy Rich in the sunshine. Right on. Now, the the last record you guys put out, I mean, we're going back like eight years ago at this point, The Great Revival. Um, how does this record, obviously the vocalist and front man is different, but otherwise, how does this new record, Here Comes the Infidels, differ from that record? It was, well, first of all, that record was a bit of a mess. It was the only album that I've ever done that I wish I could take back. And part of that comes from, it was just incomplete. We had signed a deal with Napalm Records and we had got, we were offered by the guys in Volby an opportunity to do a European tour as main support from them, which was huge because obviously Volby is a huge band, not only here, but in Europe. And they were playing four and 5,000 seat venues and, um, and this had nothing to do with buy-ons, I and mean, they were paying us, and you know they were fans and wanted to bring us over, so it was super exciting. But Napalm said, for in order for us to support this, we want the Great Revival to be out in, and be available in stores before that tour happens, and we weren't on we weren't on schedule for that to happen. So that album was rushed, and there were a few songs that were left off that I just couldn't finish in time. Uh, to have that album ready, uh, you know, because obviously before an album is uh, can be released, there's about three months of setup time for manufacturing and for just to have your label set things up. And that album came across as it as it stands now. Released was more of an experimental record. There was all kinds of different vibes and sounds, and it would it, it would have been wiser for us to just not do the Volby tour and just decided to make sure that that album was ready to go out. But sometimes when you're in the heat of battle, you just, you know, you make, you make decisions that you'll sometimes, you know, learn to regret. And, and I've done that a bunch of times in my career. Obviously part of that is, you know, just understanding that those mistakes will, uh, if you acknowledge them as mistakes and you acknowledge them for what they are and learn from them, hopefully you you become a better businessman because right. that's the part that sucks about being a guitar player. I just want to play guitar and I just want to write songs and I just want to be in a band. But most of the stuff that musicians do have nothing to do with that. And, and that's the part that most of us have to learn from, you know, I, my parents never sat me down and taught me how to balance a checkbook or how to run a business. Uh, and I don't, I don't have any of those skills. I, I'm, I'm, shitty when it comes to paying my phone bill on time still as a 47 year old man because all I do is play guitar and write songs and live in my studio and when I'm not doing that I want to take my wife out to dinner and tell her she's the best thing in the world so um, yeah so learning from those things when you hear this record this feels like a fully realized album and it is it could be the best album I've ever made uh, from my perspective those are all you know, old school stuff. Mojo fans are, are are see things the same way that old school Deep Purple fans see things, or old school Black Sabbath fans see things. There will always be an argument over, uh, you know, Ozzy versus Dio versus Glenn Hughes, whatever. Yeah. You know, eating Dylan. People 
you know, as, as bands evolve and change, uh, which is unfortunately the nature of any band who's been around for any period of time, it's hard to keep a lineup together because life gets in the way. Um, people, I think, I think for those people who, who listen to this with a, with a kind of a fresh and open mind, just like Andy did, you know, when Sneep heard it, he was like, man, this is, this material is the best you've ever done. We just have to capture it. We just have to make sure it's done right and that it sounds right. And, uh, yeah, so I'm super happy with it. And I'm not super happy with, uh, the great revival. The album that we did before that, uh, Southern Born Killers, I think is an amazing record. I'm super yeah. happy with that. As I was the album before that declaration of a headhunter. I mean, all the stuff, Mojo records we did, I think are really good. Um, yeah, like I said, one misstep, and uh, unfortunately, it was the last record we did before this one, which is what what all artists will be judged by is, what did you do last time? Right. <laughs> so I'm and, looking forward for folks to hear this one. Absolutely. And, and back in those days, you had you had Lord Nelson. He was with you, right? Was there any thought of reapproaching him to be involved in the new record? Yeah, there was, because I, I'm in love with Lord Nelson. He is an amazing vocalist, and he's a great writer, and I love working with him. I think part of it for me was uh, when Bones, uh, when that didn't work, um, I didn't didn't know exactly what I was going to do, because I had already written four or five songs, and I was well into the process of writing this new album with the intention of this being a reunion album. So... You know, I didn't really entertain what is the next step because only 24 hours later did I see Robbie J in this this YouTube clip. So, right. if if I'm being honest, uh, I didn't give it a lot of thought because that era of Stuck Mojo existed for three years, and then we stopped touring and we stopped working together. And, and I, I I didn't do a good job of staying in touch with those guys. Um, I'm a bit of a hermit and. Um, I should do a better job of staying in touch with my friends and guys that I've, I've been creative with. But uh, just like a lot of these relationships, I mean, I, I was in a band with Mike Portnoy for three years. And I, when I bowed out and said, you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this with you guys anymore. I don't really talk to Mike anymore. I mean, we yeah. got along great. We we're good friends. But, you know, when you're not dealing with them on a day-to-day basis, you know, just other things happen. And, again, I could I could probably... Um, I could probably find uh, some time to be better communicator, especially with good people, because Lord Nelson is a good guy. But um, part of me, too, just like I said earlier, went with my gut. I looked at Robbie J, and then I also assessed what type of album I was writing, because those Southern Born Killers and The Great Revival was a much different approach musically than this album. This album is a dirty... Um, aggressive, dark album. Lord Nelson is a happy guy. I mean, yeah. he is a, being with him is like hanging around with like the nicest, coolest dude that you went to high school with, who all the girls loved because he was so funny. And I didn't need funny. I needed somebody <laughs> okay. who had a real dark side to him. I needed to find somebody who like bones can connect with the dark side of, of their personality. And what I came to learn about Robbie is that Robbie is very different from Bones in that Bones is on 10 at all times. He, he literally, the only time that he's not yelling and acting crazy and being that character that he is, Bones, 
Like, he's not Ozzy, where Ozzy's crazy on stage, and then when Ozzy is off stage, he's John Osborne. Yeah. Bones is not that way. Bones right. is on. There's no Alice Cooper shift. Um, <laughs> okay. Whereas, whereas uh, Robbie J is a quiet, thoughtful artist. He reminds me of what I imagine Lane Staley uh, would be like, in that he's not... He's not boastful. He's not loud. When we go out to dinner in a large group of people, he doesn't interject. He doesn't try to command the table. He's not the guy trying to one-up the other guy on stories like I will. You know, just like everyone's like, oh, yeah, but I remember when this. He's not that guy. Yeah. But when it comes to writing and when it comes to creating and when it comes to, I mean, we just, we did some performance videos last weekend. He's an absolute animal. And I love that on and off switch with him because it doesn't feel like he's performing. It feels like it is this thing that is within him that is triggered upon riffage. Um, And, you know, again, reminds me of maybe, you know, the Kurt Cobain or, you know, that kind of thoughtful artist guy who when microphone goes in hand, then the floodgates are open and I love that about him whereas like I said I don't I don't know that I could have made this album with Lord Nelson just because of his approach as an artist it right. fit Southernborn Killers because yeah. Southernborn Killers was a rock record it was a joyous there were some fun songs on there and he is much more of an old school kind of flow hip hop rapper in, in the in the vein of a lot of those late 80s and early 90s guys whereas Robbie J is a product of old school hip hop influences mixed with uh, Corey Taylor, mixed with extreme bands like, you know, he's like into math metal and and he just has this amazing vocabulary. One of the other cool things that I loved about Robbie J when I first kind of started talking to him, I said, well, what do you, what do you listen to? What are your influences? He's like, well, I don't listen to a lot of albums over and over again. He said, my, my goal is, is to listen to a full album every day that I haven't heard before to try to discover new music. So I'll go out there and, and go on YouTube or go on um, uh, Apple Music and just try to listen to an entire album from a band I've never heard of. I just thought, man, how refreshing is that? I haven't it's listened awesome, to man. a new album in 10 years from top <laughs> yeah. to bottom. Right, you know, yeah. I, like, I'm still listening to Dark Side of the Moon and Boston's first album. Yeah. And it's i just loved his his hunger and thirst for new music and his desire to be challenged musically by different ideas and so that's not something that um that that mid 2000s stuck mojo lineup was ever going to do gotcha. because that band was uh, a bunch of guys who were very rooted in some patterns that we have developed over many years and all of a sudden Robbie J when I met him, was injecting this fresh perspective and looking at the world completely different than I have. Plus, he came up in the world of the Internet. We released our third album before the Internet even existed for bands. Right, right. It was a different world. And uh, I just love having his, you know, it's like having a different pair of glasses on in the band where there's a different prism that that we are seeing the world through. And I, I love that. Plus, Politically, he just sees things through a different worldview than I do. He's Canadian. Yeah. You know, he, he was exposed to things differently than I was. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, where, you know, our news is filtered through the worldview of the folks around me and that mm-hmm. kind of Southern Bible Belt culture. 
I love the fact he comes from a very secular, um, you know, worldview. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm not saying either one is right or wrong. I just think that the more uh, diversity of ideas and the more diversity that we have in the bands of, of culture and thought form, I think the better and the stronger we'll be. Yeah. And you said he's from Montreal, right? He is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I saw you last, I think, up in up in uh, Montreal. And that's a real interesting town. I mean, as far as North American cities go, it's, it's definitely unique and has its own thing going on. I, I really love that town. Me too. It's like, it, it, it's, I, I love it culturally. It knows who it, who it is. Um, and it's, a, it's an interesting mix of folks. It's a real, um, it's a real diverse population. And I mean, where I live in the South, um, in Atlanta is in the city limits of Atlanta is 80% black and 10% Hispanic and 10% white. And outside the city limits is about 80% uh, white and 10% Hispanic and 10% right. uh, black. And so, you know, living in a, in this hugely diverse culture in the city of Atlanta and, and now because Atlanta's got a great um, economy and because we have, a, you know, it's an expanding city that's not blocked by land constrictions. It's constantly growing. So we have people here moving from all over the place. And that's a good thing, um, I think, for, for any musician is to, um, you know, I, I always feel weird when I go out with a band who's from Lawrence, Kansas, and their first tours of Europe. And it's, it is shocking to them yeah. because... If you haven't been exposed culturally to these things, you it can be it can be strange when you're in Munich, Germany, and you have these huge diversity of of ideas, and you have the German people, and then you have the Turkish immigrants, and who have completely different cultures, and it can be overwhelming, especially when you don't speak German and you just try to yell louder your dialect of English when they don't understand you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Having someone like Robbie in the band who is bilingual and and has, you know, Eastern European uh, lineage from his family who are immigrants from Ukraine, and it's it's just cool. I'm again, our chemistry I don't think has ever been this good. Um, it's been different, but I don't know that it's ever been this good. Cool. Well, I'm I'm completely psyched. Again, the record is here comes here come the infidels and uh, pledge music. The campaign is happening now. We're going to have that link through today's show notes on talkingmetal.com for this episode. And just real quick to step outside of the the stuck mojo world. You know, I, I think I've told you one of my favorite records of the last couple of years was Do You Want to Start a War? The Fozzie record. What's going on with Fozzie? Uh, there's been rumblings that there is a new record on the way uh, from from you guys with Fozzie too. Is, is that correct? There is. Actually, we've been writing um, for the last three months. And just like the writing that, that I did for for uh, the Mojo record, it's it wasn't consistently like hunkering down in the bunker to write because there are other things. Obviously, I've been working on getting the Stuck Mojo album released, and there were things that we had to do. But my full time job, pretty much over the last three months, has been working on this new Fozzie record. We're working with a new producer. Actually, I haven't even announced it yet, so this will be the first time you've heard this, but we're working... I've produced the last three albums, but right. on this album, we're actually using a, an outside producer, a guy named Johnny Andrews. Okay, And cool. uh, he produced the most recent Wilson record, and is really well-known for being a songwriter, primarily. He's written, you know, top top ten singles for Hailstorm and Three Days Grace, and 
He is a really talented producer, songwriter, and he actually helped co-write a couple of songs on Do You Want to Start a War? I co-wrote Lights Go Out, and um, and uh, and just working with him during that you know during that period of time, doing that co-write with him, I really knew that he was going to be a a big you know, a, a good positive force in the studio. And I think he understands who we are as a band. You know, Fozzie, actually working with Stuck Mojo again allows, it's it's hard being the primary songwriter of two bands that are very different from each other. Right. I can't write for Chris Jericho as a vocalist the same way I can write for Robbie J because not only are their uh, vocal approaches completely different, but they're just completely different as people. So as a songwriter, you have to, even if I'm not writing the lyrics, um, you're still having to write the melodies and the approach. And is it more playful or is it more aggressive? How, what mood am I setting with this? And I have to, obviously, I, I have to write with that vocalist in mind because I'm I'm not the voc- lead vocalist in Fozzy. So working with Chris for 16 years, nobody knows who he is as a, as an entertainer and as a vocalist better than I do. So when I'm writing, I'm writing for Chris. Um, and there is some collaboration on vocals, uh, excuse me, on lyrics as well. So I'm having to be very mindful to, to not just serve my own interest as a, as, as a musician and as a writer. I'm also having to to make sure that I'm writing something that is representative of who we are as a band. So having an active Stuck Mojo project allows me to really focus in on not confusing the two identities of those bands by me just writing what kind of riffs I want to write. So gotcha. it, the album is great so far. We've got six songs that uh, are kind of in a rough demo form. Okay. And uh, next week, I actually go back and start working on more songs. And I actually think this could could rival, just based on what the material we have right now, this could be as good as Do You Want to Start a War, which I thought was our best album today. I really like yeah. that album. Yeah, me too. And, uh, and I love Fozzie. And there's, there's nothing better than walking on stage with who could be the best front man in rock. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you know, he, people will, will be quick to say he's a professional wrestler. Well, let's take the fact that he has big arms and, and is an athlete out of the equation. The guy commands the audience of, you know, 20,000 people in a sold-out arena. That skill is the same skill um, when a microphone and a rock band is behind him as it is um, when he, he has a microphone in his hand and he's talking to right. an arena full of wrestling fans, it is still the act of communication and bringing someone uh, who is paying money to, to be entertained. And Chris is freaking second to none in that. I put him up there with Axl Rose. I put him up there with David Lee Roth. And he, right on. when it comes to fronting a band, to me, he's he's one of the best in the biz. So being in a band with him is so super cool because it takes all the pressure off of me. I can play guitar and I can be that number two guy. I don't. I can be Slash or I can be Zach Wilder. I can be Dimebag. I can focus in on my role of being the best guitar player, best lead guitar player, best riff writer that I can be, knowing that that front of the stage will be owned by someone who is is amazing at it. And whereas Stuck Mojo is more like a, a four-person you know, gang fight 
There's no point guy, and which is another reason why those bands are completely different from each other, is that when you go to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you're watching a band. Um, it is a much different dynamic with Stuck Mojo in so much as the four guys are much more of a gang, whereas you know it is hard to to outshadow uh, Chris Jericho's personality, and that that becomes his stage out front. So it's, it is a completely different dynamic, which is really why I love being in both bands because it allows me to, to participate in two roles that I, you know, I value equally. Absolutely. Cool. And, uh, wow. I can't wait to hear the new Fozzie. I am totally psyched to hear the, the new stuck mojo again. Here comes the infidels. The lyric video for Verbal Combat is up on YouTube. We'll also have that linked through today's show notes. And, you know, you mentioned Axel. You're from Atlanta. Before I let you go, do you have any inside word on what's going on down there? We're here, TMZ today has a picture of Axel coming out of a studio in Atlanta, and 10 minutes later, Angus Young's coming out of the same studio. Um, any Any inside scoop on what's happening? No, as a matter of fact, I know all the people here in town that run these rehearsal studios, and I made a couple of calls, but it is buttoned down. I cannot get anyone to say anything, and I'm talking about these are friends of mine, so there yeah. must this thing is locked down so much that, like I said, people who I have known for twenty years will not talk to me about it, and and you know they're protecting their jobs and their career, and and. So good on them. I, I love it when somebody goes to work knowing that there's a mission statement and that they, you know, that the, they have to lock it down and respect the privacy of those people involved. I, I have the feeling that it has to be, uh, you know, it has to be done. Here's the other cool thing is that Jack Slade, okay. um, it, it, who is the son of Chris Slade, is, is Fozzie's drum tech when we tour in Europe. Okay. And Jack Slade, on his own, is a monster drummer, obviously, when your dad is Chris Slade, and you've played for David Gilmore, and you've played for The Firm, and you've been at ACDC. You're a monster. So he, uh, and, and I've, you know, Jack's buttoned it down, too. I don't wow. even know that Jack knows. I, I, this could be just so locked down at this point that, um, you know, and, and the truth is, is that I wouldn't beat Jack up for the info anyway, because... At some point, you don't want to take advantage of your of your friendships to try to pry, uh, you know, as as uh, ACDC said, uh, loose lips sink ships. Right and, on. Uh, right on. Which with I'm, Axel, they always do because he hates any leak that the press uh, gets a hold of. Like he was supposed to be on Jimmy Kimball, but then it leaked and he canceled it and. There was this. I, I actually heard they were going to do a warm up show at the whiskey, but the whiskey leaked it, and now he's canceled that. So it's all hearsay, though. But um, interesting. It's got to be happening, right? It makes yeah. the most sense. There's photographs. Why is Axel in Atlanta? You know, why is ACDC still in Atlanta? It doesn't make any sense. You know, the the, the we uh, my wife and I had tickets to go see ACDC uh, here in Atlanta the night before uh, that show. Uh, it was canceled. Wow. Um, and we were the first show that was canceled on the tour. Yeah. So I can only make the assumption that they just stayed in town, but this is a, this is a month ago. Yeah. Because, so, you know, the it, ACDC it, it, doesn't live in Atlanta. I mean, I know, like, you know, they're all spread out in different areas right now, but none of those guys live in Atlanta, right? No. Yeah. No, nobody lives in Atlanta, you know, from that band. I mean, Atlanta 
as much of a big metropolitan city as it is, it's not the home of many bands. <laughs> I'm not, you know, if you're a super successful band, you've moved to, to New York or Florida or California, yeah. uh, you know, or maybe Phoenix. I mean, there's a few that guys who still live here. I mean, the, yeah. the Mastodon guys are here. The Seven Dust guys are here. Uh, there's a few guys from Skid Row who live here and, you know, and then, then there's the rest of us scumbags that live in the north suburbs, but right. it's a cool town, but I don't see Angus Young buying a townhouse yeah. in downtown no. Atlanta. No. I yeah. I think he, he's still got a mansion over in Australia and I, I think, I'm sure he's got places in the States too, but yeah, I- interesting time for, for guns and roses and ACDC, uh, news and rumors. We'll have to see what, uh, what transpires and it sounds like i guess guns will be going out on a full not a full reunion tour re- reunion with slash and duff this summer so that should be interesting and that's enough for me i mean, yeah. you know i'm just super happy I, I i know how difficult it can be when there's hurt feelings and things have been said and it's it's sometimes there are some bridges that can't be repaired the fact that i'll see duff and i'll see slash and axel on stage together makes me super happy especially knowing if if Fortis is involved, I think he's one of the best modern guitar players on the planet. I'm a yeah. huge fan. And as, as long as, you know, and they're not going to go out with scrubs um, in the same way that when I have seen Foreigner recently and it's just Mick Jones and some all-stars, they're yeah. not scrubs. Everybody on that stage is a badass. And as a music fan, sometimes uh, if I want to hear Foreigner played live and I know I'm not going to see Lou Graham up there, I'm just happy that Mix put a badass up front and that I can hear those songs being played the same way I went to go see Paul Rogers, you know, singing for Queen. I'm just a fan of music. ACDC is my favorite band. I would have loved to have seen Brian Johnson on this run, but I'll go see, I'll, I'll go see, you know, uh, Mark Storacci from Crocus. I'll go yeah. put a guy who can sing his ass off and let me see Angus Young do his business. And I'm happy. I don't, it's not my band. Right. I don't get a vote. It's Angus's band. The only vote I get is whether I show up or not. And if Angus is going to be there, I'm going to show up. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, well, I'm guessing, I know they do have these six shows, that's Guns N' Roses, and then there's like a break before they it, claim that they're coming back for a full summer tour. So I'm guessing you'll get your makeup show maybe sometime in like May or June if then Guns is going to go out and do a full tour uh, in the summer. So we shall see. Exciting stuff, definitely. And uh, and Rich, it's always great talking with you and, and hanging with you. And thanks so much for sharing the news about Stuck Mojo here on Talking Metal. Yeah, listen, I'm a big fan. We're friends. And uh, as I told you off air, I haven't done any press at all uh, for this album, uh, mainly because, uh, you know, I, it just came out and I, I talked to my manager and just said, hey, I, I want to talk to Mark first because we have a, you know, kind of a common worldview on music. We're fans of the same bands and we get along great. And so for me, it was a no brainer to talk to you first. And I just want to thank you for making the time for me because, oh, uh, yeah, you know, if, if we weren't talking on the podcast, we'd be talking off the podcast about the same things right on right on well thanks again <laughs> rich guns. yeah you got yeah, it baby yeah you Love have you a long time Mark, man. yeah you have you have a good one and uh we will definitely catch up with you soon can't wait for uh you guys to hit the road i hope stuck mojo will be hitting the road yeah we've got two shows um this summer they're both uh, european festivals one at bloodstock and then the second one 
is a brutal assault in the Czech Republic, and then uh, we are putting dates together for the states, uh, uh, kind of a two or three week run that will be in uh, July and August, running up to those two festival runs. But you know, right now we're just uh, putting that routing together. So there'll be U.S. dates, there'll be some European dates, and then we're also looking at the fall for uh, for full U.S. and European tours. So we'll be we'll be busy, boys. Sounds good. Rich, take care. You too, Mark. Thanks a lot. See you soon. That was an older track by Stuck Mojo. That's definitely not a new track. It's called I'm American. It's off the Southern Born Killers record. Good stuff. Thanks for, uh, I think Lord Nelson is uh, handling the vocals on that one. And, uh, you know, had to, had to ask Rich why why they didn't reapproach him. And, you know, he, he, I respect his answer. And, and definitely uh, Robbie, Robbie is sounding incredible on the, on the track we heard earlier, Verbal Combat. So, again, go support Rich. Go like his Facebook page, Stuck Mojo, and Fozzie, for that matter. 
and uh, make a pledge on Pledge Music, which is linked through today's show notes on Talking Metal. Right now, one of my favorite records of the last few years was Fozzy, Rich's other band that he has. Rich and Frank. Frank from the drummer of Stuck Mojo is also in, in Fozzy. And this is just a great song. Died With You by Fozzy. This came out in late 2014. Go buy the full track on iTunes. This is called Died With You. It's off Do You Want to Start a War? Talk to me, tell me what you want. Walk with me, this battle has been lost. Set me free, I can't pay this cost. Don't you see, without you, I am lost. I know that things will never be the same. No need to explain. great hanging with you on today's podcast uh we're gonna wrap it up with a couple more songs this is only by anthrax
Anthrax, John Bush on vocals there. Great, great song. Anthrax have a great new record out right now, too. You should check that out. Guys, support me. Go make a PayPal donation. I'm, you know, I'm a little bummed this week. Uh, you know, I'm a freelance TV guy. I bounce around from job to job. And, you know, ha- being freelance allows me to have some flexibility with the podcast. And, you know, I, I was able to go do be a producer on season 14, the final season of that metal show. It allows me to pitch all my show ideas. I hosted a web series with, with VH1 last year called That Metal Gear, which Rich, Rich Ward was actually on. I'll link that episode through today's show notes. It's on YouTube. Uh, but, you know, I'm a little bummed because when you're freelance, you go from job to job. And this week, kind of things didn't really fall into place like they were supposed to. I, I finished one job over at WeTV, and I was supposed to – I was planning on starting a new job at another place and then it, it did, on the 28th yesterday, and it didn't end up happening. So – a little bit of a hard week financially here. Um, hopefully things will fall into place. I'll be back working like I usually am in uh, in no time. Fingers crossed. In the meantime, it gives me a little extra time to do some talking metal. So hopefully I'll get some maybe bonus episodes up for you guys. Uh, having said that, use our PayPal donation to make a, a uh, donation to Talking Metal. It goes right into my pocket. Use it to kind of cover some of the expenses here. You know, I I host uh, the podcast for myself and for Mitch LaFon and for Metal Raps. It's all part of the Talking Metal Digital Network. So you can go to Talking Metal and make a a PayPal donation to me. You can also use our Amazon links. Before you go to Amazon, just go to Talking Metal and link over to Amazon from Talking Metal. We get a little kickback on any purchase you make. That's that's of great help. And then you can buy a T-shirt in the uh, the merch section on Talking Metal. And if you don't want to do any of that, at the very least, go leave us a review on iTunes, a positive one. Uh, the positive reviews are preferred. Or go like our Facebook page or follow me on Twitter. I got two Twitter accounts, Talking Metal and Striegel. That's S-T-R-I-G-L. And that should do it for today. Here's a little Captain T in astronomy. The insiders know who this is, who these two folks are, right? Uh, This is called Cover Up. There's numerous versions of this song. I think this is the only one that was ever released publicly. Um, It's on Spotify and iTunes. Go buy it. This is called Cover Up, recorded back in the 1990s by Captain T, a.k.a. Mark Striegel, and John Astronomy. (laughs) 